0: If you have your Bible today, please open with me to the Gospel according to Matthew. We'll be in Matthew chapter 6 today, and we will begin in verse 25 in a moment. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25. Now, a couple weeks ago, we began kind of a little mini-series as we prepared to enter into 2024. And um, I said it then, I'll say it again, I am I'm no prophet, I'm not the son of a prophet. I don't know what's going to happen in 2024. I don't even know what's going to happen today, and neither do you and uh, neither do any of us, but uh, having said that, the Bible does give us some principles to live by, and I think there are going to be some things that we need to remember, that we need to uh, maybe learn afresh as we head into the new year, and uh, last week, if you were here, we looked at living an anxiety-free life. Now, you may look up at the, uh, up at the screen and see that that's going to be the topic again this week, because last week... It was kind of a kind of a different uh, different situation than usual because we had a lot of folks out because of uh, weather. We had a lot of folks out because of sickness and, and traveling and different things like that. And so we only had a, a few people show up. And so if you were one of those people that showed up, we didn't do a full-fledged sermon. We did more of like a, a Bible study. We had some discussion and stuff. I, I, I pray and hope that was a profitable time uh, for you if you were here. If, if, if you were here, don't fret. I'm not going to... I'm not going to re-preach those two points that we covered. If you are not here, don't fret because you will not miss those two points because I will uh, kind of hit them kind of in bullet point form. And so it's if uh, hopefully we'll get everybody in the same place. Now, one of the things that we talked about and one of the statistics that I mentioned was one that I found um, online from the Citizens Commission on Human Rights International. And... And they said that more than 31 million people just in the United States alone are on anti-anxiety drugs. 31, over 31 million people are on anti-anxiety drugs here in the United States. And I just wanted want to acknowledge at the outset, I did it last week too, but I'll say it again. There are people who have anxiety disorders. They have different uh, uh, chemical things going on in their brains and different physiological reasons that some people need those medications. And those people are probably never going to live an anxiety-free life and maybe not even an anxiety-free day in their life because that's just, that's just one of those things. And, and, and their anxiety is not caused by a lack of faith or being unspiritual or something like that. I just want to acknowledge that at the outset. But having said that, most of us and most of those 31 million people in the United States do not have an anxiety disorder. Each and every one of us here has struggled with anxiety in our past. Maybe yours is more short-term and it's more uh, what you might call episodic in nature. It comes and goes. Um, some of us maybe are prone to worry, and that seems to be kind of our default setting. We, we find ourselves worrying and, and, uh, and getting all, all worked up about things. But either way, Scripture has something to say to us about our anxiety. Now, if you found Matthew chapter 6 and are able to, I'd like you to stand in honor of God's Word. We'll pick up in verse 25 and read down to the end of the chapter. This is part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and He says, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow, nor do they reap nor gather into barns, and yet your Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they?" And who of you, by by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon, in all his glory, clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? before, we're just going to touch on these first couple points in, uh, in kind of bullet point fashion uh, since we just looked at last week. But the first lesson I want you to get, and the first lesson that Jesus tells us is that we shouldn't worry first because we are valuable to God. We're valuable to God. If you look back at verse 25 and following, Jesus points to the birds of the sky as an example. And, and we live, uh, many of us live out in the country. If you live in town, you are, uh, you are familiar with birds. Birds are, are, are out in the trees, you go out into the woods, you hear them singing, you look out in the yard, you see them hopping around, and, and they're always finding food, they're always picking up a worm, they're, they're always picking up a seed, they're always doing something, and they are being provided for by the Lord. Now, it's, it's in, it, it, it boggles the mind, really, when you think about the number of birds that are out there, and not a one of them have a shopping list. Not a one of them go to, to Walmart, <clears throat> does anybody do, besides us, does anybody do grocery pickup at Walmart? That is one of the best things ever. You just put in your order, they do the shopping for you, load up your trunk, and it's great. No bird does grocery pickup at Walmart. They just don't do it. They don't have, they don't have shopping lists, they don't have barns, they don't put anything uh, uh, back for, for a rainy day. And yet, God gives each of them what they need. Even in wintertime, there are people who will buy big old bags of bird seed and put it out in, in the feeder and takes care of the birds even in the wintertime. And they say, now you say, now, Pastor, that's a person doing that. Do you think that that negates that that is God's way of supplying what they need? No, that is God's way of fulfilling that in certain circumstances. And likewise, God will sometimes work through the kindness and generosity of His people to meet the needs of others whenever, they're, whenever they need it. As mentioned earlier, our Super Bowl, our Super Bowl competition is a case in point. Each year, this little church collects hundreds, and lately... Thousands of non-perishable items still out people in the community when they need it. Now, is that God's way of providing uh, for people? Absolutely. It may come through human agency, but God works through his people sometimes to do that. But God provides what we need to sustain our lives. Now, a lot more could be could, could be said about this, but what Jesus is saying here is God takes care of the robins, his eyes on the sparrow. I mean, he, he takes care of all those birds, and we're, we're much more important to him than a bunch of birds. Therefore, don't worry about, uh, well, really about life. The second thing I want you to see, is if you look at verse 27, he says, don't worry because it is futile to do so. It's futile to worry about tomorrow. Why is it futile to do that? Well, it's futile because it doesn't accomplish anything good. Worrying doesn't add one single second to your life. It doesn't, make, it doesn't extend your life a, a single hour. It doesn't se- extend your life a single second. It doesn't make any productive change in the situation you're worried about. It is a futile thing to do. Now, everybody have, has experienced and, and, times when we've worried and we've fretted and we've stewed about something that's coming up. We, we, and maybe you don't do this, but sometimes I have whole conversations in my mind. And then I see that person and I think, it's, it, to me, I've already experienced all the emotions that go along with that conversation. And then when I see that person, I may be mad at them. I may think that they're mad at me. And, and nothing could be further from the truth. And we've all had times when we've fretted and we've sued about these, these different things. We've had anxiety in our, in, our, in our hearts, anxiety in our minds. And the only thing that was accomplished was it made us cranky and stressed, put, worry, uh, put, 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 put lines on our face, makes us lose sleep at night. And we have all these different things that happen to us, and not a one of them includes making the situation better. Now, use, again, I'm, I'm, I used this last week. I've used it a number of times we, as we've looked at this, this idea throughout the years, uh, and I wish it was original to me, but I love it, so I'm going to say it again. Worry is like sitting in a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but doesn't get you anywhere. And and we can, we can sit in a rocking chair and we can put forth all kinds of effort going back and forth, but it doesn't actually get us where we, where we want to go. And so, so why do we worry? I mean, we know that we're valuable to God, more valuable than a bunch of birds, and he takes care of the birds, therefore we can be confident he'll take care of us. We know that. We know that it is a futile thing to do, to, to worry. It's not going to accomplish anything. We know that He's given us the greater, He's given us our life, therefore He's going to give us the lesser of those things to sustain life. We know all this, so why then do we worry? Why then do we fret and stew? Well, to put it bluntly and to put it plainly, we worry because of the smallness of our faith. We worry because of the smallness of our faith. Now, the third thing I want you to see, and this is is new if you were here uh, last week, Maybe you kind of checked out. Check back in. This is new. Look back at it. Look back at our text. The third thing I want you to see is that worry shows a lack of faith. Worry shows a lack of faith. Look at verse thirty. Well, actually, back if you back up to uh, verses twenty-eight and following, Jesus gives an illustration from nature. Only this time, it's not the birds. It's not. It's not the higher animals like people. It's not the lower animals like the birds. This time, he turns to Flowers And he turns to grass. He turns to herbage. Now, earlier he argued from greater to lesser. He gave us life. That's the greater. He'll give us the lesser, those things to sustain life. Now he's arguing from lesser to greater. From lesser to greater. Now, look at verses 28 and following. As I said before, Jesus is uh, he, he's, he's on a mountain sitting down. It's the Sermon on the Mount. And it's likely that even as he's sitting there talking, he's probably pointing out to, 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 to some hillside covered in grass that's covered in, in beautiful lilies. And he uses that as an illustration of the truth that he's teaching. And, and so he says, the, the, the folly of worry about clothes and what we're going to wear and stuff like that, the, the folly of that is God will adorn the, the fields with beautiful lilies. He'll, he'll adorn the fields with grass and those things don't worry about what they're gonna, uh, how they're going to grow or what they're going to put on. They don't toil. They don't spin. In fact, they don't worry about anything because they are not sentient beings. And if God will so clothe the grass of the field, he, he talks about using it being fuel for the fire. Now, over in this part of the world, in this part of the country, we have, some of us have wood-burning stoves. We have fireplaces, and I'm really glad for it because uh, the, 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 last, the last month or so has been pretty brutal temperature-wise. They just can't beat wood heat, but they don't have a bunch of trees over there. They, they don't have lumberjacks going out and, and cutting, cutting trees down and doing stuff like that, and so what they would do was instead of burning, uh, like if, if you know we have, used to have um, uh, a cook stove, and you'd put fire, you put wood into it, and build that fire. They didn't do that. They didn't have the trees. So what they do is they take grass and they would dry it and they would use that as their fuel because they didn't have trees to use. And so what they do is they take this grass and they would fuel their fires with it and they would use that to cook and, and things like that. And that's what he's talking about. He's saying that that this grass is used for the lowest possible uh, job. It's just going to be burned up. Now again, today we don't we don't use grass for fuel. We use grass for feed we may turn livestock out and say there you go eat it up that is a that is a pretty low job to be food for a cow or food for a horse and what jesus is saying is this 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 grass that's out there these flowers do any of you ladies like flowers i know my wife does anybody else like getting flowers what is what are flowers flowers are a way to say i love you or i like you or maybe it's just a way of saying Hey, I want to make my kitchen prettier, so I'm going to get flowers, I'm going to put them on the table. We use those things just to beautify things, just to say, communicate our affection for someone. But ladies, what happens in in just a few days with those beautiful flowers that were way too expensive? What happens to them? They die, right? I mean, sometimes, even before you get them put in the vase, they start drooping, and, and they turn brown, and you throw them out in the trash it's just a, it's a vase of death now listen we use flowers and grass for these low purposes it's here today gone tomorrow it's transient it's temporary and jesus says if you look at these unthinking unthinking creatures they don't worry about where what's they don't worry about anything because they can't they're used for low purposes they're transient they're temporary they're here today gone tomorrow God takes care of them, how much more so, they're from lesser to greater, how much more so will he take care of you who are made in his image? You who are his children. And Jesus says, therefore don't worry about tomorrow. And here's really the crux of the matter. Look at verse 30. He says, but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today, and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, again, there's that temporary nature, it's low nature, how much more, Uh, Will will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? And that's really the crux of the matter. Our worry and our our anxiety is a symptom of the smallness of our faith. Our worry and our anxiety is, is a symptom of the smallness of our faith. I once heard a definition of anxiety that says something to the effect of, Anxiety is the result of envisioning the future without God. Anxiety is the result of envisioning the future without God. And I heard that on the radio, and I thought, man, that's good. i got to write that down. And so I wrote it down. I wrote who said it, and I've since lost the note. And I don't know who said it now. And I don't even know if that's an exact quote, but that's the gist of it. That's a symptom of getting older, I think. It's just, or maybe it's just my disordered mind. But anyway, anxiety is the result of envisioning the future without God. And there's a lot of truth in that, because if we really believed what we say we believe about God and His nature and His goodness and His providence and all those things, our worry and our anxiety would go out the window. But not only that, but look at verse 32. He says that's the way the Gentiles, and in this context, he's using that to speak of unbelievers, he says that's the way the Gentiles, the unbelievers who don't know God, that's the way they act. If you are worried and anxious, you're acting like somebody that doesn't have a relationship with god. you say pastor that that's not that's kind of harsh that's not very comfortable well, that's true it's not very comfortable but that's what jesus said and listen i'm I'm guilty of it, same as you are i i, I get I get worried about the future, I get worried about what's going to happen here or there or or about this situation, and really that's not that's not the right way to do things because that's acting like I don't know a God and I'm not in a relationship with a God who takes care of all things. Listen the root- the root of the problem is a lack of faith the fruit is the anxiety. so what is the cure for that anxiety? Well, the cure is faith the cure sometimes is to preach to yourself. The cure for anxiety sometimes is to talk to yourself. Now, I'm, I'm pretty good about talking to myself. I talk to myself a lot. You know, I'll be trying to work through a problem, and, and if somebody were to come in to the garage or wherever I'm at, they probably think they're listening to a crazy person because sometimes I just got to work through things, and doing it out loud sometimes helps me. When I go to the store, sometimes I got to say, what was it Scarlett told me to get? I know there's something else that she told me. What in the world is it? And maybe you can identify with that. But many times when it comes to this, this worry and anxiety, many times our problem is that we listen to ourselves, we don't talk to ourselves. And what I mean by that is, is and, and surely I'm not the only one that has this happen, you'll get an idea about what's going to happen. You'll construct some scenario in your mind of, of the things that will be happening, and you start working through it, and your mind just goes... I mean, you can sit there and... And stare off into space, you can be looking at your phone, at the TV, whatever it is, but your mind is just going nuts. And you're thinking, well, if if this happens, then this person's going to do this, and this person's going to say that, and then I'll get involved, and they'll come say to me this, and I'll answer with that, and then they'll respond this way. And we have this whole big, and it's exhausting, right? I mean, we're done with it, and nothing has happened, nothing has changed. We think we know what's going to happen. We prepare for that that eventual future we think is going to happen. And what we need to do, instead of listening to ourselves, we need to talk to ourselves. Sometimes we need to give ourselves a a swift kick in the, the, the pants and say, listen, you need to get your thought life under control. You need to not let that get away from you. We need to start listening to that voice in our head, instead of the one that distrusts God and His goodness and His plan and His providence, all those things. We need to sometimes talk to ourselves and say, you know what? God's been faithful in the past. These are times He's been faithful. These are times He's answered prayer. This is This is a time when when God has done this. He's come through for me, not just for my neighbor, but for me. He's done this in my life, and we need to remind ourselves and to trust Him. Sometimes it's a choice just to trust Him. Fourth, he says, if if you'll look further, look at verse 34. He says, don't worry about tomorrow because each day has enough trouble of its own. Again, we know this from personal experience. Every day has its own troubles and we don't know what they're going to be when we get up in the morning we don't know when we, we get ready for work and we go outside in our tires flat we didn't know that's going to happen otherwise we would have taken care of that first before we took a shower and got our dress clothes on we would have we would have planned differently around our appointments all these different things we don't know what's going to happen and each day has its own troubles and God gives grace for each of those times but listen we try to look to the future. We try to prognosticate. We try to figure out what's going to happen. We envision all these things happen. And, and again, when, when we do that, what are we doing? We're taking tomorrow's clouds that we think will be there, and we're covering up today's sunshine with them. We're taking our energy and, and, and the provision for today, and we're using them on tomorrow, which hasn't even gotten here yet. We get all bothered about it. And then how many times does that conversation, does that interaction, does that situation, how many times does it go the way you envision? Almost never. Mark Twain is being quoted as saying, I've, I've been through some terrible things in my life, some of which actually happened. And, and I, I think we can, we can, again, we can identify with that, that resonates with us, because we are worse, and this is saying something while I'm getting ready, to, getting ready to tell you. We're worse at predicting the future than our meteorologists are about predicting snow. And that, again, that's saying something. We need to live one day at a time. Because think about it. You can't change the past. Sometimes we dwell on the past. We say, oh, if only such and such would have happened. If only I would have done this. If only this person would have done that. You can't change it. And there's no point in dwelling on that. You don't, you, you don't know what's going to happen in the future, so there's no point in worrying about that. Therefore, all we can do is live when? Today. Now, as I said before, God gives us the grace and the provision for each day and what we're going to face in those days and the trouble that we'll come across in that day. Strength for those days' trials. And when we fret and we worry about the future, we're taking today's provision and applying it to tomorrow's possible problems, and you're always going to come up in a deficit that way. You're always going to be behind when you do that. So what's the care? What does he say to do? Verse 33, he's he's been saying, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Here's something to do, verse 33. Get your priorities straight, and God will take care of you. He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. We need to seek first, as our highest priority, the kingdom of God. And when we do that, all these things will be added to us. God will care for us. He'll take care of his children. He cares for his own. We just sang him a minute ago. We need to be about the Father's business because he knows what we need before we do and better than we do. I think Garth Brooks had a song about uh, thanking God for unanswered prayers. You remember that song? I understand the sentiment, but it's bad theology. Sometimes it's, the answer is just no. It's not unanswered. An the answer is just no. But the sentiment is, is right, because we, in our limited understanding, we think that this is the person that I need to marry, this is the place I need to go to school, this is the house I need to live in, this is the job I need to have, and we think we have it all figured out. And sometimes God says no, because His way is a lot better than ours. He knows what we need before we need it, and He knows it better than we do. And so what Jesus is saying here is we don't need to live in 2024 Today, we don't need to live a life of anxiety. We don't, It's not accomplishing anything good. He cares for His own, so have faith in Him. And really, it's incredible when you consider it, because the Bible tells us one thing that we should have some level of anxiety about. One thing in life, mainly, that we should be focused on, put all of our effort into, and that is making sure we're in the kingdom of God. That should be our focus. That should be the thing that we are, are most concerned about, That's the thing we should be most diligent about and that's the thing, ironically, that people give the least thought to. They'll worry, they'll be anxious about these different situations in life, but they'll express no concern, no care over being part of God's family. And it may be even today that there is somebody hearing me today that's that's here, that's listening online, wherever it is. It may be that that you're not part of God's family. You've never repented of your sin. You've never trusted Christ for salvation. The Bible says to make sure you're in the household of faith. Be diligent about that. Trust Christ for salvation if you've not done that. And if you have done that, and I know many of you have, I want to encourage you, not as somebody who says, imitate me, like I've got it figured out, but imitate, do, be obedient to what Christ calls us to, and that's to not worry, be anxious about your life. We're, we're, we're valuable to God. He'll care for us. Worry doesn't help anything. He will care for His people. Why don't you stand with me as musicians come. And as you stand, I ask that you bow your heads and close your eyes. nobody looking around I want to encourage you to apply this text not just be a hearer of the word but a doer as well is there some situation in your life today that you're worried about and as you're about in prayer I would encourage you to make a choice trust god in that situation now i'm not saying that if you do that all of a sudden everything you know you walk out of the the church doors you're going to get a phone call that everything is all changed and everything's all fixed and hunky-dory and all the rest but what i am saying is that in the midst of your turmoil you can have peace That peace which passes understanding. That peace that comes from Christ. Jesus said to his disciples, My peace I give to you. My peace I leave with you, not as the world gives. Are you worried about tomorrow? You worried about your future? you don't know what's going to happen I don't know what's going to happen but God does He's already there He's not failed you yet and He's not going to start today Heavenly Father we um, we thank you for your encouragement for these truths and, and we know that that it's a lot easier said than done. We know it's a lot easier to talk about faith, to talk about trusting you, to talk about preaching to ourselves, but it's really hard to put that into practice consistently and faithfully. But God, I pray that you would help us to be diligent to do that, to not be worried or anxious about tomorrow about our lives but to rest in your grace and your provision and Lord I pray for each person that's, that's here today those who are, are uh, hearing this another time Lord I, I pray for each person as we bring our burdens to you and I ask that you'd help us to be faithful and trust in trusting you And if there's somebody that needs to accept Christ as their Savior, I pray that you would draw them to yourself today. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.